for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. You really need one. Go to Luke chapter 17. We've been talking about growing up in the Spirit. How many know you can grow up in the Spirit? The Bible says you can be a child. You can grow up into a place of acting like a son of God, but that only takes place through the Word of God. If you have somebody who's been born again, doesn't matter how many years, if they're not in the Word of God, under the Word of God, studying the Word, changing with the Word of God, then they're basically still a child. Will they die and go to heaven? Yes. Will they live on hell on earth? Yes basically because they're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. One day they're up, one day they're down, one day they're happy, one day they're sad, one day they're excited, one day they're not, one day they get goosebumps, one day they don't, one day, and that's the way a child lives. And it's all right to be a child, how many of you know when you first get born again? But 45 years later, you should have grown someplace, praise God, and made some changes in your life. So we're going to talk a little bit more about being sons and daughters of God this morning because that's what God wants for each and every one of us. All right, Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo, here it is, or lo, there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? Notice the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God, God basically, his purpose, his desire, his everything since the fall of Adam was to get the kingdom atmosphere, the kingdom morals, the kingdom nature back into the earth realm because he always wanted the earth to function like heaven. How many of you know that? It wasn't his plan for man to fall and for the enemy to come and for people to be filled with the nature of the devil and live in sin. That was none of his plan at all. So when you go back to his original purpose, basically, that was thwarted by the enemy, now God is restoring back to the earth the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God that was basically lost at that time, praise God. So what does he do? Basically, he says here, the kingdom of God, when it comes, is going to be where? In you. Now notice, if the kingdom of God is going to come back into this earth realm, if it's going to make an influence, if it's going to do something, and it's in you, then you play a big part in what God wants to do. You're just not this ordinary human being who's here for a period of time in case sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. No, basically you have a plan and you have a purpose that God has in your life and that kingdom of God on the inside of you must make an influence and effect first of all in your life, say first in my life. Notice the change comes in your life first. The kingdom of God is on the inside of you. It is there. That means God's love is on the inside of you. God's nature is in there. God's peace is there. God's joy. Everything, we just sang the song, all you'll ever need is already with you and on the inside of you. But the church has told us to look out here to get the things that we think we need and we desire when God is always looking on the inside of you. Say, the kingdom of God God is in me me today. today. Now notice, as soon as the kingdom of God came at that exact second, Basically, that you got born again, the decline of satanic rule started leaving your life. Until that time, you were in bondage. You were under the elements of the world. You were under Satan. You were under demons. You were under spirits. And you were being controlled by them things. Many of us drank. Many of us did drugs. Many of us did this. Many of us did that. Under the control of the enemy. But once you get born again, say, once I get born again, notice that decline of satanic rule starts to end in your life. In other words, things start to change, praise God. You find out that you don't have to do that anymore, that you have authority over that, that you have power on the inside of you, that you're not who you used to be, but you're a son of the living God, and you're a member of the kingdom of God, and you have divine rights in your life. And little by little, you start chiseling away the enemy's hold on your life. 
All at once your thought life starts to change and line up with the way God thinks. And as that happens on the inside of you, the kingdom of God starts to influence your life in your finances, in your marriage, in your money, in your life, in your peace, in your joy, and all those things. Because notice, we're not looking for the kingdom to come. Many people teach that when we die, we get in the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is already where? It's on the inside of you. Say, the kingdom of God is on the inside of me. All right, go to Luke chapter 7. All right, Luke chapter 7, look at verse 19. And John the Baptist, calling unto two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus and saying, Are you he that should come, or should we look for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? And in the same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. Know that the blind see, the, deaf, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor of the gospel is preached to, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So here's John the Baptist. How many know he knew who Jesus was? He's standing there one day and he said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. But then he ended up in prison. How many know when you get in some kind of turmoil all at once, your believer goes on break? So see, John the Baptist, believer, went on break. All at once he said, I'm not so sure this Jesus character is the Jesus character that I thought this Jesus character was. And Jesus says, go tell John again. The kingdom of God is now here. Everybody was waiting for the kingdom of God. How do you know the kingdom of God is here? Well, let me see. The blind see... Come on, the lame walk. Come on, the deaf hear. Come on, and the poor are getting rich again. Why is that? Because there's a new sheriff in town. The Holy Ghost is now here with the kingdom of God, and things are starting to change. There's starting to be manifestations and influence in the natural realm of demonic things. How many know blindness is not from God? Come on, sickness is not from God. All that stuff's from the enemy, but the kingdom of God came to take over that stuff and make it decline and push it out of people's life so that the kingdom of God could advance. Praise God. All right, go to Luke chapter 9. All right, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 1. Then Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over how many devils? And to cure what? And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, it's obvious to me that when the kingdom of God came, when Jesus Christ came and brought the kingdom of God back, that he wanted to continue the kingdom of God to expand and extend in the earth realm, but he wanted to do that through his disciples. Say his disciples. Say, I'm one of his disciples. So notice, his way of doing things is not God coming back into the earth realm and doing something, but to put mankind here with his spirit on the inside of them to influence the world and extend his kingdom back into this world. You have an important part to play in this kingdom return in your life and in the life here, basically, because you are the one who has the kingdom of God on the inside of you. Notice he didn't say, don't worry about it, disciples. I'm going to die, and when I send the Holy Ghost, he's going to take care of everything. Everything will be taken care of. He said, no, you go. 
You go and heal. You go deliver. You go do these things. You prove that the kingdom of God is at hand with the power of the Holy Spirit here. It's your responsibility. Say, it's my responsibility. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. This will be one of the scriptures that's on our sign because this is one of the scriptures. You know what I mean by that? This is one of the scriptures, if you don't get a hold of, you're going to be born again and you're going to go through life and you're going to do this and do that and do this and do that and you're never going to accomplish what you were put here to do to begin with. It's not going to work that way. There's more for you than just a job. There's more for you than just a marriage. There's more for you than just kids. There's more for you to have a dog. There's more for you to have a cat. There's more for you to have a house. God has a bigger picture for you. All right, Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 26. It says, Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now, when? But now is made manifest or known to who? How many of you are the saints? Praise God. Look at verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ coming back on a white horse... No, Christ in you, the hope of, whoa, now wait a minute here. Look at that. If you could just grasp one-tenth of that right there. God's purpose was not only to bring the kingdom back, he wanted to get his son and his spirit on the inside of human beings who then basically would have Christ or the Holy Ghost living daily on the inside of them. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, I've read about the Holy Ghost, and he's a pretty powerful guy. Did you ever read that in the Bible? Now, how many of you think he lost his power when he came into you? Lost his wisdom when he came into you? Lost his knowledge when he came into you? Didn't lose any of that stuff, did he? So on the inside of you today is the wisdom of God, is the knowledge of God, is the power of God, is the glory of God. Here it says, for what purpose did he send it? Basically, Verse 27, to whom you make known the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say the hope of glory. Now notice, before you got born again, there was no glory. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But how many of those next scriptures says but? You're not in that, you're in the but. See, you're beyond that. You're not in that anymore. You now can manifest the glory of God in your life, and people struggle with glory. Glory is basically just doing with the Holy Ghost right what you've been called to do. It's not a white cloud that follows people. It's not a mist that comes into the room. It may or may not. But I'm telling you, right now, I manifest the glory of God through preaching. That's glory. What is it? It's the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, helping me to teach and preach, and it comes through me. Basically, I'm allowing the Christ on the inside of me by the Spirit of God to preach the Word of God through me into other people, and that is the glory of God because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Are you following me? So it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a preacher to manifest the glory of God. You just got to be what you're supposed to be and do it right to manifest the glory of God. doesn't really matter how big it is or how small. There's glory on a housewife who loves her husband. See? There's glory. It doesn't have, everybody wants to be the front stage, do this, do that. No. Just do what you're supposed to do in the glory of God, and basically the glory of God will manifest. What is that? That's something that, that people see that they know in the natural you can't do. See, when you hear me teach, you hear me preach, you get the tapes, you know I ain't smart enough to do that. Let's just be honest. You follow me? It's the Spirit of God on the inside. But notice, I've got to be in a place where I know He's in there and trust Him. 
to do what's in there. I can't be saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just doing my best, praise God. Maybe Jesus will help me someday. I wish I knew what my little part was. Well, first of all, your little part's a big part. And second of all, it's too big for you to do. So if you ain't going to believe in the Spirit of God to help you do it or show you how to do it in the inside, you're just going to be a mess all your life trying to do something on your own. And when you do something on your own, let me tell you what I found out. It don't work. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Smells like a good idea. Tastes like a good idea. It ends up in disaster before it's over with. That's why you need to get a connection here with the Spirit of God who's on the inside of you. So you have God's authority and God's ability on the inside of you today and every day of your life. Don't be looking out here for things. Look in here for things. Look for that still small voice that's on the inside of you that tells you to do that. Did you ever say, "Uh, I knew I shouldn't have did that. I didn't really feel like doing that, but I did that and it didn't work out. What was that? That was the Spirit of God on the inside of you saying, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to end up in trouble. And then you did it and said, oh, I don't know why I did that. Well, basically because you went with the wrong voice, praise God. You went with the natural realm and it messed things up. And then, of course, we go to God, oh, dig me out, you know. And how many know he does? But he don't expect you to keep digging yourself in. See? So we want to be in tune with the Spirit of God. We want to know who's on the inside of us. Notice, this was a mystery. Say a mystery. So the Old Testament didn't know anything about God living on the inside of anybody because he couldn't live on the inside of them because they were still sinners. Their nature had not been changed. They had not been born again. So it was every now and then the Holy Ghost came upon someone and gave them supernatural power to do it, but he did not live on the inside. So it was a mystery. But now the mystery is being revealed to who? His saints. Say his saints. So this mystery is still a mystery to 90% of the people who are born again. See, they still don't understand it. They still don't understand that God lives inside of them. They still don't understand the power that's on the inside of you, praise God. We just sang that song. I want to sing, I know who I am. Do you? See, do you really know who you are? I don't think any of us to a full extent do. I think some of us to different levels know that we are or we aren't. And notice, when Christ came on the inside of you and he brought God's nature on the inside of you, how many know the nature I have on the inside of me is the same nature you have on the inside of you. You didn't get half God nature, and they got three quarters, and they got one quarter, and they didn't get any, apparently, by the way they look. They didn't get any God nature. No, this nature on the inside of you and this power must manifest out of the inside of you, and it does it through you putting faith in what you have in you. If you've got no faith in you, you're going to get nothing out of you, although it's in there. Come on, it's still in there. It's on the inside of you. Praise God. You've you got a hose at home, and basically you turn on the spigot, and you go out to wash the car, and you get to the end, and nothing's coming out. You think, you go back to the spigot, oh yeah, I turned it on, I went, what's the problem? There's a kink between here and between here. See, Christians, there's nothing wrong with your power source. Let me tell you, you got the best on the inside of you, but you do have a kink. And that kink is right up here in your thought life. I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I can't do this. I can't heal the sick. I can't cast out devils. I can't live in victory. I can't do that. And guess what? You can't. But when you understand there's an ability on the inside of you that will couple with your success and cause you to live in a supernatural realm, all these things you can't do, now you can do. Come on. When I was in high school, I took speech class. I went for one week. At the end of the week, they said, show up Monday. You're going to all do a 10-minute speech to get things going. Dropped out. That ain't my class. I ain't getting up in front of anybody, and I ain't talking to anybody, and I ain't going to do it for anybody. That's it. I took typing. That was worse yet. My God. I thought speech was going to be a nightmare. Dear Lord. 
I got into typing, that had to be worse. But what was it? I was afraid to talk in front of people. I couldn't talk in front of people. I didn't want to talk in front of people. Everybody looking at me. Everybody doing anything. But once you get in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost leads and guides you in things, it takes that fear away. Say, it takes that fear away. Say, see, most of the things you don't do that you know you should be doing in your life, you don't do because of fear. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a different spirit. But if you've got no faith in that spirit he's given you, you're going to deal with the spirit of fear your whole life. Because you don't know you've got something bigger than that on the inside of you. You've got the Spirit of God on the inside of you. So what's the great mystery the church should be knowing right now? What should everybody be understanding they got born again? That God lives in them, Christ in them, the Holy Ghost in them, which is the hope of glory, the hope of you doing and being successful in whatever God has called you to do. You can't fail when you find out what God wants you to do and you just yield to it and do it. It works every single time. While you've got supernatural knowledge, you've got supernatural wisdom in that area, you've got supernatural ability in that area, you'll never have another financial problem in your life if you just yield to the Holy Ghost and you'll find out what he wants to do with his money, not what he wants to do with your money. You ain't got no money, really. I mean, he owns everything that you've got. He owns your house. He owns your car. He owns all that stuff. You're just renting it. You understand that? I'm going to live in my house for another 100 years. I guarantee that. I'm just running it for now. Sooner or later, I'm going to leave, and somebody else is going to be in that house before it's over with. It doesn't belong to me. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. When you die, you ain't getting a U-Haul. You're not hooking it to your back and taking it up to heaven. It's, I mean, you know, it stays here. So all this stuff we got is basically poured into us to learn how to manage it, to do something with it, to be faithful with it, pass it on to somebody else, leave this earth, the next person pass on. How about if everybody listened to the Holy Ghost from the beginning? You know, your inheritance would have been so much money, you'd be worrying what where to give it to. If you're successful, 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 successful. But, I mean, we're 2,000 years old, and we should have all kind of successful. But it's not that way, basically, because people are not trusting on the Spirit of God that's on the inside of them. In your work and everything that you do, the Spirit of God knows what to do. He knows what's coming. There's Old Testament scriptures where the king knew exactly where they were going to get attacked because the Spirit of God told them. And so they didn't go there, and it kept making the enemy matter and matter. So what did they look for? A human spy who was getting in there and telling them things. It had nothing to do with a human being. It had to do with the Spirit of God. You'll make a decision to do something, and all at once the Spirit of God on the inside said, don't do that. And if you don't do that, then you'll find out a little bit down the road from doing that. But notice, God lives on the inside of you this morning. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you this morning. Christ himself lives on the inside of you, and he has everything. So what does he tell you to do? Go tell the world. The kingdom of God is at hand. Go tell the world. Go lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Go preach the gospel to every living creature. Go cast out devils every place you go. Why? Because you've got the kingdom of God on the inside of you. All right, go to 2 Peter chapter 1. You just won $1,000 in the lottery. <laughs> You just want a new car. You got the Holy Ghost in you. I'm so happy that God lives in me. I'm just so excited. Yeah. Pastor said that this morning. Come on. See how your thinking's all messed up? You get all excited about that. Oh, we're having two turkeys for Thanksgiving. Yeah, but you're full of the Holy Ghost. I know, but we're having two turkeys for Thanksgiving. My Lord. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Jesus our Lord, 
according to his divine power, he has given unto us, how many things? All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these what? By these exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is where? In the world. Now, this is pretty revealing here. First of all, if he's already given you all things, what do you lack right now? Nothing. You lack nothing. Yet, you know, for the first five years of me being born again, I prayed for everything. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me knowledge. Lord, give me your Holy Ghost. Lord, give me some peace. Lord, give me your joy. And he couldn't give me what I already had on the inside of me. I just wasn't living in any of it. Why? Because I was looking for a feeling. I was looking for something to happen in the natural realm. I didn't know it was already on the inside of me. I didn't know by putting faith in the promises would release what was in me to manifest in my life. In other words, once I said, praise God, I've got the peace of God, glory to God. Even in a high-stretch situation, thank God for the peace of God that passes all understanding. What am I doing? By faith, I'm activating the peace of God on the inside of me, and it manifested then in my life. It came out of the inside of me. The anointing came out when I believed I had the anointing. All at once, I decided I was anointed. I'm going to start laying hands on people. Bang, 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 bang. Woof. Well, and some of this stuff you learn by accident. Because I was in a church that didn't teach this stuff, do you see? So you're just in an accident. I was in a prayer meeting a long time ago, and basically I was fairly new to everything. I was still in a denomination, but I was born again. Hallelujah. I wasn't learned a whole lot. And all at once they were having a healing service, and the, and the person who was at the healing service, there's too many people there to be healed, so me and Vinny happened to be there, and they said, you lay hands on people. And I said, I don't lay hands on people. I'm just here to pray and intercede for, for the people who are getting hands laid on them. I don't do that. No, you lay hands on people. There's too many people here. So I said, okay, praise God. I'll lay hands. So I get up there, and some lady comes up, and some little old lady, I said, well, this should be easy. You know, she probably ain't got too many bigger problems. She's here. She's getting up here. She's walking and everything. Things look pretty good. She says, I've got a granddaughter someplace up north who's got a hole in its heart and it's not supposed to live very long. I thought, oh, my God. I was hoping for a hangnail. <laughs> Something, you know, that I could do. And she walks up and says, I want you to pray for that baby. And I thought, oh, here we go. I thought, Jesus. So I closed my eyes because I didn't want to see what happened. So I just started to raise my hand. almost started, bang. And I reached and didn't know if she went back to her seat, if I scared her, whatever. Here, I look down. She's laying flat on the floor under the power of God, laying under the power of God. I thought, who's next? Glory to God. Come on. Who's next in line? My gun's loaded, praise God. Come on, send them to me. Who's got, who's got a biggie out there? I don't want any hangnails anymore. But see, I didn't learn that through the wisdom. I learned it through doing. Say doing. See, doing's a learner. Praise God. As you do things, the Holy Ghost teaches you and shows you more of how to do what you're doing with better effect in your life. So I had no idea. Nobody ever told me God lived in me. Nobody ever told I could lay hands on the sick. Nobody ever told me I could preach the gospel. Nobody ever told me these things. Praise God. But one day I found out he has given me all things that pertain to godliness and earthly things here that we need. So already on the inside of me, I was a possessor. Possessor. Say, I am a possessor of the things of God. So the Holy Ghost is in you, the power is in you, and I found out at that time that for, for a whole time that I was born again, I was 
praying for hours to be like God. Oh, Lord, make me like you. I was asking the power to come. Send the power down. Send the power down. I was asking God to remove situations out of my life that I had the power to blow out of my life myself because he gave me the authority and power to do it. I was asking God to do everything that he equipped me to do, but I just wasn't doing because nobody ever told me that I could do what I could do. Praise God. And then I was taught, well, he's a loving, sovereign God, but he'll kill you. If you get a chance, or he, he'll let you die, or he'll beat you up, or he'll do this. Well, that didn't make sense. Love and beat up just didn't go together with me. Love and kill weren't on the same page with me. Why was that? Because if you don't know the truth about God, you'll make up doctrines about him. And you'll blame him for everything that's going on in your life. Praise God. But it's not. Notice, you've got authority in your life. You've got power in your life. You are the temple. Remember we did the run song? You are a temple of the living God, and you have a choice of what to do and how to do it according to the and most Christians see God way up here someplace. Let's just ask the big man upstairs today to... Well, the big man came downstairs. Come on, and he's living on the inside of each and every one of us, but we're looking way up here and, and sending our prayers up to him and our incense up to him. My God, he's right here on the inside of you the whole time. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the power of God. Christ is in you, what? Giving you the ability to manifest the glory of God that's already on the inside of you. You have everything that pertains to life, and to godliness. I believe God's just been waiting all these years for a group of people. And maybe a small group, I guess, or maybe a big group, but he's looking for a group of people who get a revelation of what he has placed on the inside of them. Paul prayed that you would get a, a revelation of the exceeding greatness of the power that's to you in the Spirit of God and your heavenly seat far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. I believe God's just waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, he's waiting. Remember back when Stephen got stoned? Stephen was preaching, God don't live in a temple anymore. God don't live here anymore. God lives on the inside of people. You know what they did? They picked up stones and threw it at him and killed him on the spot. And that was the church. When you're a leader, you've got to be ducking all the time, praise God. You never know where one's going to come from, praise God. And what happened? Stephen said he looked up into heaven and saw Jesus standing, not sitting. We know he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Why was he standing? I believe that he heard Stephen say, God's on the inside of you. You've got power on the inside of you. He doesn't live in temples anymore. He lives in human beings. And Jesus got up and said, go for it, Stephen. My God, preach it. Somebody give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. And they stoned him, and Jesus... Sat back down and waited for the next group of people. Group of people waiting for just a group of people. He don't care how long your hair is, what color it is, whether you're fat, small, big, old. He doesn't care. He's just looking for a group of people. He's looking for ordinary. Looking for somebody who's hungry enough to get a revelation of who's on the inside of you. He's looking for just people. Just people. Now, it doesn't matter where they're at, where they're not at, where they're at. Praise God. It just matters if you've got a group of people who want to get a revelation of who they truly are and change this earth and be an influence. Notice, you've got Christ on the inside of you. Do you light a lamp and put it under a bushel? A lot of bushel Christians out there. Come on. Getting serious in here now, ain't it? Good. It needs to. It needs to. Your thought life needs to be smacked. This low self-opinion of yourself and who you are and what you can't do and your little issues and your little problems. Come up out of those things and find out, praise God, what you really got on the inside of you and what you've really been called to do. And these little specks that are laying all over the place that are bothering you here and there, you'd brush off to the side, you'd step up into your position in the glory of God. And I'll tell you what, the blessings of God would run you down and overtake you. You wouldn't even be able to keep up with them at the time. But you've got to make that adjustment. Come out of this world system. Come out of this world's way of thinking. Come out of this, I can't do that and I can't do this and nobody does that and nobody loves me and nobody cares for me. Come out of that stuff. 
That'll hold you down and it'll keep you down to where you don't want to be. God lives on the inside of you and he and Father God is waiting, praise God. Hallelujah. As I'm preaching this morning, I see Jesus starting to stand up, praise God, because I'm preaching a sermon there. But I'm afraid to go any further. Anybody got stones? Come on. You can tell what's important to the devil. They just didn't talk ugly about Stephen. They just didn't write pages about him or put up posters. They killed him. You know if you get killed by the devil for doing something, you were doing something right. <laughs> Come on, do you follow me? There are plenty of people he could have had stone that day, but Stephen was the one, and what was he preaching? That God lives on the inside of everybody. And then you try to teach this stuff and preach this stuff, and I'll tell you, pastors get mad. Who do you think you are? You just think you're so anointed and so righteous and so blessed and so healed. Hey, not my fault. I didn't give me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Go to God. Chew him out. Come on, right? I mean, if he wants to do it for me, why not? Why not receive it? Why not take it? Why not believe it? Why not manifest it in my life in every single area? I'd rather walk in peace than down and out. I'd rather walk in joy than be depressed. I'd rather walk in health than in sickness. I'd rather walk in financial prosperity than be broke. And if he's going to give me all things that pertain to life and godliness, I'm not going to put a bushel over who I am. I'm not going to do it just because it offends you or makes somebody else mad, praise God. It's not my thing. I didn't do it. I didn't decide it. I didn't write this book. All I did was read it. But notice, I'm not the only one that got that. You have received all things that pertain to life and godliness already in your life. If you will pursue who's on the inside of you and what he can do through you for your job, for your marriage, for your relationships, for everything in your life, you're going to find there's going to be an uptick in every single area of your life. Jesus said, not only did he do great works, but we would do greater works. Well, how are you going to do that with less ability? You can't do it. We've got to have the same ability as him. So what are you going to do? Some people are going to grow into greater works. Some are going to grow into some works. And some are going to live in no works for the rest of their life. But the choice is not God's anymore. See, God's so good at taking himself out of the picture. So you can't blame God for where you're at now or what you believe now. He's already given you everything and already showed you in the will and testament here what belongs to you. This is the last will and testament, and he's provided for each and every one of you. So praise God, I, I, I want to walk in the anointing, so I've got it. So I started claiming the anointing. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Walk around my bedroom. I'm anointed. Go to the mirror in the morning. Look at that guy in there. My God, he's anointed. <laughs> Woo! He's one righteous dude. I'm telling you right now. He's full of the power of God. Oh, boy. Praise God. I might lay hands on myself. Praise God. I knock myself down. Glory to God. Come on. See, and everybody else says, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Well, then live like the devil your whole life. I don't want to do that. See, I want to move up and keep moving up and keep believing more and keep believing. I mean, start with a hangnail. You know, and once that thing moves or grows, I'll say, woohoo, now let's go up, praise God, hallelujah. We'll do two toenails the next time they come around or whatever it takes. Why? Because you're increasing, you're learning, you're growing. But the thing that's changing is not God's power, not God giving you something else, but your thought life that's blocking what's in you from coming out of you has basically got you stuffed up right now. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. You want me to say it again? <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, are you there? 
Look at verse 20. Now unto him that is able, talking about God, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Notice, the ability on the inside of you is more ability than you can ever ask or think. That means you cannot think or ask too big because the power you have in you is bigger than what you ask and what you think. Now you've got to examine your thought life, don't you? Where am I thinking? Oh, I'm just poor, pitiful me. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I mean, no, that's not going to manifest much. But notice, it, it's, God can only do according to what you ask or think. Now keep reading. Look at the rest of it. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that what? Oh, not in us. No, it's got to come from heaven. God, do it, God, from heaven. Do it here. I don't have any responsibility in this. This is totally up to God. God, got it. God either does it or don't do it. You know, God, he's in control of everything. He's doing it. He's not in control of your thought life. See? Praise God. I, I love to barbecue. I've got a barbecue grill out back, and every time I get there, I turn the old knob on there, and I start striking some matches to do it. How many know if I don't turn on the burner? I can go through that whole pack. But then if you turn on the burner, you don't want to wait too long to do it then. <laughs> you don't want to wait Is it working? <laughs> but notice, what's the, what's the only problem? There's no problem with the tank. The tank's full of gas. There's no problem there. There's no problem with the matches. They're lighting. There's a problem between one and the other, and it's not in the source, and it's not in where it comes out. It's in our thought life to where we are. So the bigger you think, the more ability will be released on the inside of you to do whatever God wants you to do. See, as your thought life grows, there's power in there to back that thing up every single time. Your response to the nature and the power on the inside of you will determine what kind of life you live. Whether you live a normal life, whether you live a sort of normal life, or whether you're going to live above the normal realm, above the world, and you're going to start the decline of satanic rule, not only in your life, but in the life of your kids, in the life of your family, in the life of your co-workers, in the life of those people around you. Because you're going to think different, you're going to talk different, and there's a building and power on the inside of you to set other people free at the same time. That's when you go and you preach the gospel, praise God. It gets exciting to you when you know you've got power on the inside of you. It's exciting to you when you know you're envisioning things. It's exciting to you, praise God. It's all there. Are there things going to come to try to destroy your vision? Every single day. Every day. I'm going to start a church. You'll never be a pastor of a church. I don't think you should be a church. You'll never have the money to do it. I don't know why you're doing that. You should just be a man. So you start a church. You're not going to make it anyway. We don't like your church. We don't like the way you preach. We don't care about you. You're too bold. We don't like the way you act. You're so full of pride. Well, the Bible says I can be filled with all the fullness of God. In order that, I'm going to have to basically believe the qualities of God that God has played in, placed in me to be full of the God. You know, you learn to trust him. You know, we had, a, we had a wedding yesterday to go to, and I mean, I'm waiting all week long. I said, you know, I know the kid a little bit and whatever. I got to come up with something to say. You know, you got to have a little sermon there. And most of the times, you know, as your son, you really can sort of figure out what to say. Or somebody that you know, didn't know, and I, I'm just waiting, you know. And, and it's on Saturday and Wednesday comes along, and somebody says, well, what are you going to teach on? I said, I don't know. I know it's coming. You know, and then the next day comes, and I don't know. It's coming, praise God. I don't know. It's coming, praise God. So it gets to Friday, and there's my thing, and I've got the greeting, everything lined out, and I got the sermon. Also, this is a blank page. And there it sits. Going into Friday night, I said, praise God. Not my responsibility. I go to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know why he does that. <laughs> I could have jotted it down at 9. I mean, come on. What are you thinking of here? 
2 o'clock in the morning, once I wake up and all these things are starting to come to me about this or about that or about that. So I get a piece of paper and start jotting them down and, and then try to go back to sleep. And, you know, once he starts talking, he don't be quiet. He doesn't care if you get any sleep or not. I'll tell you that right now. He just, and, you know, I try to lay down and there it is. Some more stuff's coming. So I got to get up, of course. It's the middle of the night. You probably forget it. Write it down. And I went back to the couch and lay down. Here goes some more. Dear God. And I got to get up again. Went from point one to point two. Now I'm in point three. Thinking, what would be it? Here comes point four. And I got to hear that. And pretty soon, then, you, then you're excited that it came through the Holy Ghost. Then you can't sleep at all. You know, so you're all messed up, basically. But it's trusting him. See, it's not saying, oh, my God. Tomorrow I, got, tomorrow I got a wedding. It's a Friday night, and I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get up there. Oh, my God, talk to me. How can he? See, you're kinked, and your valve's shut, and he can't talk to you because the idea is not going to come from out here. It's going to come from on the inside of you. Praise God. All right, one more. Go to First Corinthians chapter 3. When you came into the kingdom of God, you joined a labor force. You joined a job, and it's called God and Sons. All right, First Corinthians chapter 3, are you there? Verse 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Notice, we are laborers together with God. The Bible says, all things are possible with God. Not for God, with God. Why? Because with God, God needs us and we need Him. So every time you see with, with God, nothing will be impossible. It doesn't say for God. People read it that way because they want God to do everything in their life. For God, God will do it. For God, God will do it. God, God's the worker. He does everything. No, notice, we are co-laboring with God. Now, if, if you're co-laboring and one of you's not laboring, there's a problem there in there. It's hard to co-labor with one person. So basically, God's trying to get us to learn who we are, what we can do by the nature on the inside of us, by the power, by the authority that's on the inside of us, and we're going to start to co-labor with him in the earth. You are his ambassador. You are his representative here in the earth realm. What for? To advance the kingdom of God in your own life and the people who are around you. But you're going to do that by believing the divine nature that's already on the inside of you. When you see something here in the Bible, you need to claim the thing, man. You're not going to operate with God in a negative mindset, in a powerless mindset, in a mindset that's a victim mentality all the time. God cannot get the power out of you into the natural realm. So we want to change our way of thinking. We want to line it up with the thing. Because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, but by the power that's on the inside of each and every person here. And what do you see when you see somebody that's doing better than you, more grown up than you? They've just learned how to tap into what they have on the inside of you. They don't have any more than you do. They don't have any less than you do. They're just learning to tap into what God has placed on the inside of them, and then it manifests out of the inside of them, and it changes their life and other people's lives. Praise God. So get rid of your kink problems. Turn the knob on your tank, for God's sakes. Open it up a little bit. Whatever you're thinking, think bigger. Well, I'd like to be out of debt. That's a good start. Then go from I want to be out of debt to I want to have extra money. To have an extra money, I want to have enough money to live on and to also to give 
Praise God. Uh, I want to feel better. No, I want to be healed then. And then I want to walk in divine health. Then I want to heal others. Continue your mind going up and up because God gives us a vision of something bigger every time. You can't see the same thing every single time because you will stay there because it's all the power that's released on the inside of you. Praise God. It's like the knob on the tank. I mean, you can leave it down on low and light it and it burns real low, but how many know if you turn that tank up? It gets hotter and it gets more fire and it gets a bigger flame. Well, that's the way we are. We started and we're that knob and maybe we turned a little bit of it. Ooh, and we got a little fire coming out of there Ooh, in one area of our life. Maybe we had a goose bump every now and then. Maybe we had an experience where we prayed for somebody and they got healed and we're all excited about it. Praise God. And then the knob gets turned up a little bit more. And, ooh, it's a little, and you're getting hotter and you're hotter. And the more it gets turned up, the bigger the flame gets. And pretty soon you're influencing everybody around you and it's working. That's what God wants to do. He wants to co-labor with us and make us changers, not only in our own life, but in other things. If you have a good marriage, have a great one. Have a great one. They have an excellent supernatural super one. Just keep moving up in your lifestyle. You have a good friend, make a better friend. Just advance your thought life. The more you advance your thought life, the more that ability is going to be there in your life to take you further in every single area of your life. Say, I have the power of God living in me. I have his authority in me. I have everything that I will ever need for this life and to fulfill my purpose. Therefore, my thought life will start to increase this day. I will think bigger in every area of my life. I will not complain about where I'm at because I know I'm not going to stay there very long. Anyway, I choose to think big, to act big, and allow the power of God to do in me and through me. I am co-laboring with God to fulfill his purpose in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.